Hey. Welcome to Sing Those Cubby Blues. I'm David Bloomberg. I'm here as always with David Westgreen, and joining us is guest Greg Huss. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey, hey Greg. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah. So the last time we tried to record, we had some technical difficulties, but suffice to say, we have it worked out this time, and we are ready for an exciting off-season episode of Sing Those Cubby Blues. It's off-season time. It has been for a little bit this month, and uh, not much has happened yet. So in our last recording session, we uh, we did want to say that we need to give our information at the beginning. Um, so I'm at US Nine Cubs. Greg is at Out of the Vines. He and yep. I have written a couple of pieces on uh, Wrigley Rapport. Uh So check out that site. He writes for them and. Uh, David is at DG Bloomberg, all on Twitter. Uh, any other social media links we need to post, David? Uh, not for now. Uh, yeah. Sounds good. Yep. Um, last time, we it was about two weeks ago, and we tried. We were trying to beat the GM meetings with our with our recording session. And we were we were thinking, oh, there's going to be a bunch of things that happen, and one player has single handedly stopped that completely, uh, and nothing has happened. So we can actually go ahead and make a new episode here with similar takes, I suppose. We'll see what we can do. So, uh, you know, obviously, uh, we'll circle back to that. We, we wanted to, you know, we want to talk about the departing Cubs first. Hmm. Uh, and we definitely will bring up guys like uh, Stanton and Otani in the context of that. But uh, let's talk about the Cubs who are free agents. So obviously we've got uh we've got a number of free agents but uh obviously there are the big ones who are Jake Arrieta and Wade Davis. Um and there's been plenty of speculation about both of them. Uh we've heard a lot of talk about how the Cubs want strike throwers, they want to build that bullpen. So let's talk about what are the odds that the Cubs bring back Wade Davis? What do you guys think? I and not one who tends to believe that Wade Davis will be back with the Cubs next season. But I'd like to hear your thoughts. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and start it off. I, I think that my, in my opinion, um, on if the Cubs need and should go after Wade Davis, uh, I would yes. I think that Wade Davis is key to that bullpen and having a lockdown closer is very important for a, uh, World Series contending roster like the Cubs. And uh, in my opinion, I think that the, the Cubs do end up bringing him back. I think that I'm probably in the minority in thinking that. But I think that uh, after seeing what happened to the, the bullpen in the postseason last, this past year uh, and seeing even what happened to the, 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 the Astros, I think that the two teams that will be competing for Long run will be the Cubs and the Astros. I think those two teams will go after him pretty hard. Uh, the, I think the longer he goes in the offseason unsigned, the higher likelihood that it is that Wade Davis ends up back in Chicago with the Cubs. Uh, so, yeah, that's my prediction, I guess, is, is Wade Davis to the Cubs. But I also see other teams getting in there. The Astros um, are the, the, the main one that I see hopping in for the Wade Davis bandwagon i am as big a fan of the machine as you can find he was (laughs) awesome he was the best relief pitcher i've ever watched the cubs have and it it wasn't even close he was perfect in save opportunities save is a bad stat we know we cover that but i just loved watching him pitch uh got their 95 96 mile hour cutter with a a just hammer curveball that when it was on, he couldn't be touched. Even when he was off, he was generating soft contact. He was doing everything right. Um, and I would love for the Cubs to bring him back, but I just don't see the money lining up uh, with the Cubs. But I'd still give him about a, a, thir- a 33% chance to sign him is kind of where I would lean in that I think he's market, along with a lot of other markets in the – in the majors drop this, this off season because teams know that next off season is incredible. 
There's so many good names. There's big closers. There's big, uh, big starters. There's big outfielders. There's just a lot of more and infielders. There's a lot more names that can be dropped money upon. And a lot of the teams like the Cubs are going to have to pay arbitration this year. Chris Bryant, Alex Russell, Javi Baez. Those guys are starting to raise raises. Their salaries are up. That's why we're going to have to next next year. The signing of the big names of this year makes sense. I say no, but if that's the route they go, I'll be happy with it. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, like I said before, I'm not sure about Wade Davis. I, I, I think, you know, a reunion with any player departing, it's always possible for the right price. Uh, but if I had to guess that there, there's definitely teams more desperate to have a reliever like him and that the Cubs are going to want to put their money into multiple guys, two or three guys at least, who can help that bullpen and reinforce it. Uh, I definitely think when you look at that next tier of relievers with the guys like Brian Shaw, Joe Smith, Mike Miner, uh, Addison Reed, there's a real opportunity for the Cubs to get a couple of those guys, uh, which I think they feel is a better investment than just one guy like Wade Davis. And I think ultimately it probably is a better investment. Uh, so what about Jake Arietta? Now, this has been a it, – it's an interesting question because we know the starting market is kind of weak this offseason, but the Cubs need two starting pitchers. They're in a weird predicament. They need at least two starting pitchers, but the starting market is a lot weaker than it's going to be next offseason. The Cubs want to have money for next offseason. They don't want to have too much tied up in free agent dollars this offseason, but this is they a- need starting pitching. Yeah, this is an interesting little predicament too because Jake Arrieta is probably not necessary for the Cubs to have a really successful twenty seven or twenty eighteen. But Jake Arrieta is a known commodity. If the Cubs are going to go sign a hundred million dollar pitcher, if the Cubs miss out on Shohei Otani, which is holding up the whole starting market, this starting pitcher market is much deeper. It has more quantity, but not as much quality as some of these Mm -hmm. other markets are going to have. So there's a lot more names at the bottom of the list than at the top where it's just Jake and you Darvish. If the Cubs are going to spend a hundred million on a pitcher, I would rather them spend it on a guy that we know you Darvish or uh, Jake Arrieta. Yeah. That's, that's my thing, but I don't think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. I, I I don't think there's a, a chance that, Arietta comes back to the Cubs. I think that looking at the Cubs' rotation, uh, they have plenty of top of the rotation type guys, Lester and Quintana and, and Hendricks even. And I think if they're going to go after a starting pitcher, uh, it's going to be a back end of the rotation. If they're going to go after a guy that's going to command a lot of money, it's going to be after a clear-cut number one, absolute ace, dominant starter. And I don't think that there's that starting pitcher on the on the, the free agent market this year. So except for Otani maybe. And I think that the Arietta is going to command that ace type of money and he in the Cubs rotation he would just fit in with the Hendricks Quintana area ish. And so I think that the they pass the Cubs pass on Arietta. I think that uh he ends up with a team that is what I've said before, kind of in the same position the Cubs were in a, a couple of years ago, 2015, uh, right before uh, 20, 20, 20, before the 2015 season, uh, when the Cubs were John Lester. I think that the Cubs was a team that they were pushing for playoff contention, not quite at World Series contention yet, and they needed that veteran number one starter that could – put them over the top. And I think that there are several teams on the market this year that could go after Arietta as their version of 2015 John Lester to the Cubs. So I think, I think that uh, in my eyes, the epitome of that team is, is the Milwaukee Brewers for, for this upcoming season. I think that uh, the organization thinks they're a little bit closer to playoff slash world series contention than what I personally think that they are. But I think that the Brewers are going to be willing to spend 
quite a bit of money to go after Jake Arrieta as their big hit for the offseason. Yeah, I definitely think that makes a lot of sense. I don't think he winds up back with the Cubs, and I think you're absolutely right. He's the kind of guy who seems perfectly suited for a team that believes they're on the cusp. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I in our old, uh, per, in our old uh, prediction spreadsheet, I know I had said uh, the Angels and you had said the Brewers. Um, I have the Braves. And, and you have the Braves, yeah. Up-and-coming team. All yeah, of and I think all of those speak to the idea of teams that believe they're on the cusp of contention. The teams that believe they could do it next year and could be right there with the wild card race or even the division race. Uh, so yeah, I, I think you know he's he's a complicated case. Because he has won a Cy Young, but he comes in uh, off of a 2017 that's his weakest since his breakout 2014 season. Um, And there's no way to know if a healthy Arietta is going to look like the 2017 version or more like the 2016 version or even the 2014-15 version who was a legitimate ace. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you're paying a lot of money. You don't necessarily know what you're getting. Uh, and I think that's what makes it so hard for teams to really decide what to do. That And, and that is why he, he definitely makes sense for a team like the Brewers, who, if they feel they're ready to compete now, then there's basically no time to waste in establishing themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Cubs have four more free agents, and we'll kind of lump them all together um, as a little group. Uh, and there's a couple more, I think. John Lackey and Koji Uehara are other ones. As far as I'm concerned, I think the Cubs the Cubs didn't even use Koji. He got hurt at the end of the year. Nobody knows how much he's got left. And John Lackey... Nobody wants him back. So, <laughs> so the four guys that are kind of options for the Cubs are Alex Avila, Rene Rivera, Brian Dunsing, and John Jay. Um, do we see the Cubs signing any of these guys back? Uh, well, I, I think that all of us have the, the same thing here, and I think that everybody in all of baseball agrees with the fact that Alex Avila is going to end up back with the Tigers in Detroit. I, I think – I mean – he, his dad's the GM there. He has gone back to Detroit a couple of times now. I, I think that I don't see the Cubs re-signing Alex Avila, especially when there's two backup catchers that were with the Cubs this past season that are now free agents. I think that the Cubs go after Rene Rivera, which we also all three have, yeah. uh, instead of Alex Avila, which yeah. might uh, cost a little bit more um, and also uh, would be competing with is very comfortable going back to. So I think that of the backup catchers, Rene Rivera is a much better option, uh, much more likely option than Alex Avila is. And I think uh, just taking out of that, out of that scenario as a whole, I think that Rene Rivera is a good fit for the Cubs anyways. Uh, without Rene Rivera, I think that uh, you work with Victor Caratini as the primary backup catcher. And while I think that bat is ready, uh, his glove may not be 100% good to go at the major league level. And uh, bringing in a th- – we've seen Joe Madden likes to work with three catchers on the major league. Uh, I think that Rene Rivera is a pretty good bet to end up back with Chicago. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, Avila was a good addition at the time, a good left-handed bat who hit righties really well. But I think going forward he has – he costs too much money as a backup, probably requires too many plate appearances and too many starts for a backup, and that the Cubs have generally been defensive-minded in the backup catchers they like to have. Moreover, like it just Victor Caratini, I think he could be a good backup catcher. I think he could be a good backup catcher, but I think that it's the idea that scares me is that he and Ian Rice would be our number two and number three rolling into the season if we didn't sign someone like Rivera. 
and the idea of that much inexperience being our two primary backups makes me nervous. Uh, Rene Rivera is a good defense, is a really good defensive catcher, a good framer, a well-respected game caller, and a guy who still does hit left-handed hitting pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he'd come at re- a relatively inexpensive cost too, because of his age, uh, and because he isn't somebody who is considered an everyday type catcher because he is considered a pure backup. Uh, we saw how well that kind of setup worked when we had David Ross. Uh, and we saw kind of how well, uh, that has been, you know, the idea was that, uh, Montero would, uh, tr- would become that this past season. And because of his throwing issues, Right. It was really difficult for him to become that guy. Uh, but that was the, co- that was the idea. He was a guy also who very good framer, well respected catcher. Uh, Rivera kind of has that same thing going on. Uh, but he, he, he can throw down to second base <laughs> is the only difference. Yeah. I just want to, I just want to throw in a, a quick stat last year with the Cubs in 50 plate appearances. So small sample size alert. Rivera yeah. had a 160 WRC plus, uh, and he was he was really good. He was hitting the ball hard. He was clearly uh, just enjoying himself. And I think both him and Leonis Martin were the two guys who I just thought really enjoyed their time with the Cubs. And I could really see the Cubs going after him. But again, if Leonis Martin, you know, with the fourth outfielder, and I go into John Jay. The Cubs want to resign. If the Cubs wanted to resign John Jay, I kind of hope they don't. John Joe Madden fell in love with John Jay, and there was some, <laughs> there was too many starts. You want to take away Joe Madden's toys? Yes. <laughs> uh, take away Ben Zobris. Take away John Jay. Make him play the good players, not the old guys. Those guys are the bench players. But, but John Jay was fine. He did a really good job. He was he had a three seventy five OBP, but he also had a three seventy five slugging, and so he was just he was there. He did all right, you know, and he was a good reserve player. He was good for what he was, but Leonis Martinez is going to play better defense. He's faster. He can actually pinch run. Well, I think the, the, you know, the Cubs outrighting Jacob Hanneman back to triple a means that he's the guy in the organization who fills that potential role. And I'm fine with that too. Hanneman, Hanneman being the speedy guy for the future. We're I'm good with that. We can work with that. But they won't be signing any outfielders. John Jay, Leonis Martin, you know, JD Martinez, whoever, until, <laughs> until Shohei Otani is determined because Otani's at bats would likely come from where John Jay played. Yeah. So that makes a nice segue into those guys. Um, so Otani and Stanton. Oh, we skipped Brian Dunsing. I really like Brian Dunsing. Yeah, I think we're all kind of in agreement that uh, nobody knows if Dunsing will come back or not, but we'd all be happy to have him back. Yes. Through strikes, that's what the Cubs want. Yeah, so he ended up being one of the best pieces in the bullpen, and I don't think anybody expected that, but I think we'll all take it again next year. I hate, I hated him at the start. I hated the move. I hated that he was getting innings, and then Joe Madden used him correctly. In low leverage situations, and he just got really, he got really confident through strikes, and he was good. So yeah, and you know, no complaints if he comes back. An, an, another re, another Orioles reclamation project in the bullpen worked out pretty well for the Cubs, and his name is Pedro Strope. So you know, right. let's big, big, I, big. let's make more deals for. It's funny because they just said they were interested in Javi Baez. I'm also interested in Javi Baez. Yeah. Yeah. So here we are. Stanton and Otani are holding up the free agent market. Uh, especially in Stanton's case, Otani, we know that he'll be posted later this week officially and the free for all has already really begun if we're being honest. And it may take him some time to determine which team he wants to be with, but we kind of know that that's going to be in the normal proceedings of negotiation. Uh, Stanton 
because he has to be traded, because you have to acquire him in trade, he seems he seems to be holding everything up. You know, we see that we had the rumors this week about the Mariners being last week during Thanksgiving week about the Mariners being very aggressive in pursuit of him. You know, even offering to move Nelson Cruz to the outfield a few days a week to accommodate him as a DH on occasion, which is interesting to me and seems to be the opening salvo in the two-way war. I think you're talking about Otani, right? Yeah. I've never seen this in my time, and I'm certain it's been it's been a long time since any player has been like this, that has completely commanded the attention of every team in the major leagues. Otani could realistically go anywhere. It's not about the money. The max he can sign for is $3 million to the Twins or the Yankees. But the Yankees don't even have a manager right now. So he could conceivably, if the Oakland or Tampa Bay or – any one of those small market teams that don't have much money say, we'll play you as much as you want to be played. We'll play you 500 plate appearances in the outfield and at DH, and we'll let you pitch every fifth day. And he wants to do that. He'll do that. He'll sign with that team. Yeah. So it I is, mean, whoever it is really, can offer him what he wants. It is so compelling and it's so cheap. He can, he's three million or lower for every team. So everybody mm-hmm. can afford him. And it's a potential number one starting pitcher potential above average outfield hitter that's really valuable this is just this is so incredible because there's never been a guy like this maybe since baby yeah and and yeah and when we're we're talking about how he's holding up uh all the free agent market and it's because he can single-handedly hold up all the starting pitching pitching market because he command he's a number one starter uh but also all of the hitters because any outfielder that is potentially going to sign or fourth outfielder or DH type or anything like that is also teams are holding out for Otani. And then they'll, once Otani makes his, makes his decision on where he wants to go is then all the other chips can fall into place. And that's pretty close to uh, everybody on the market. So um, I think that we've been doing these, these predictions on where different players are going to go and, with Otani, you can't, we can't even really do that because it's all based on teams selling his, his position, his spot in the order, his spot in the outfield, his place in the rotation and everything else that goes into to playing for a team, whether that's a clubhouse, the manager, um, where the team's located, all of that. And it has nothing, nothing to do with money at all. Like David was, David was saying. And I mean, it, it Making these predictions is just nearly impossible. And we can throw out Yankees and and Red Sox and all these teams that typically are in for these international free agents, but it just doesn't work the same yeah. this year. So I, I guess my prediction uh, I have I have down here is uh, I mentioned last recording uh, towards the end. Uh, I'll I'll have him go to the White Sox. I think that uh, there's no reason for me to believe that. Um, they have a whole bunch of uh, great things going on in their minor leagues. So, yeah, point. They're gonna say, hey, we got um, a whole bunch of minor leagues co- coming up, and a couple of years we're gonna be competing for a World Series every year. And so come play for us. So I'm saying Otani to the White Sox because I can. You can make an yeah. argument for every team. Yeah, a reasonable yeah. argument for every team. Yeah, all 30 teams have the potential. Yep. And it'll come down to what he wants, and we have zero idea still what he really prefers. We've only heard what teams plan to offer, not whether or not he cares for the offer. So, uh, And then there's Stanton, of course, who we just found out today. He has. It's been reported that he's submitted a list of teams he'd be willing to be traded to to the Marlins. Yeah. So the game Stan is Stan works as Stan works as a trade piece, but also a free agent because there's no trade clause that he gets to pick the team too. So not only is he a free agent, but he's a, or not a, a trade target, but he's a free agent as well because he gets to, to pick where he ends up. So he's the best of both uh, best of both worlds for himself, but for the Marlins, it's this is awful for them because because they 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 don't get to to 
have the ultimate say in where he ends up. So um, I think that I guess I'll, I'll throw out my idea for, for Stanton. And I've, I've stayed true to this since before the postseason began that Giancarlo Stanton, I think, ends up with the Los Angeles Dodgers. The pieces to trade to the Marlins, if they want to go that route and, and not eat a whole lot of their, of his contract, they want to use more prospects. Uh, they got Walker Bueller as well as some others, but also they do have the money to eat some of his contract if need be. So, uh, I think that the, the Dodgers are the most likely to end up with them just because they're a lot more flexible in terms of how they can go after him. And he's, he's rumored to prefer the Dodgers. That came out today too. Yeah, he's rumored to prefer them. Yeah, so and that should be interesting because he could potentially get it to a point where he blocks trades to any team but the Dodgers, which would create a real difficult situation for the Marlins. Because uh, if everyone in baseball knows you can only negotiate with one team and you're that desperate, then nobody's going to give an inch. You know, the Dodgers aren't willing, aren't likely to give an inch on that. Uh, well, if we you had. Gotta- if he's got a list of more than just the Dodgers submitted to the Marlins, then I think that he's he's at least opened it up so that the Marlins can get something back for him. We also have heard that the Giants and the Cardinals are very into Stanton. We had even heard about a week and a half ago that the Giants were considered the front runner to land him. I had I had the Giants as my prediction. That seems to suggest that maybe he likes California. <laughs> Maybe he's, he's open a, yeah. to being traded out west. He's from California, so that that makes sense. Um, if this is just, we have to talk. These two are the two that are holding up the entire market. It's really a remarkable situation because usually we've had five or six signings by now. At least one big name has already picked his team. Nobody's nobody's even getting offers because teams are like, well, we could give you sixty million to pitch for us. Or we could give Shohei Otani a three hundred thousand to pitch for us. We could pay, pay JD Martinez two hundred million to play outfield, or we could send a prospect over and pay Jane Carlos Stanton, who's a breeding MVP. I mean, the thing is, you know, this feels like the closest thing we're going to possibly get to Mike Trout being traded is John Carlos Stanton being traded, a mega star, a guy just coming off an MVP, uh, a guy who can hit fifty home runs a year potentially being traded mm-hmm. uh, and he's got a massive contract he and the marlins are trying the marlins have claimed that they don't really want to eat any of the contract because they're trying to shed salary but that also feels like eventually they're going to have to give in on that because you don't want to get nothing back for someone like Giancarlo stanton uh yeah i so it's i i think i've said it before i don't Yes, well, Stanton's contract is a kill. I don't think that it's as big as what people are making it out to be. I mean, I think you look at Stanton, if he hit the free agent market right now, um, he would get a deal very similar, I think. And so you look at that contract, it's not a bad contract. It just happens to be for uh, a few more years than what any team would like to take on. Uh, I think that you look at this like a free agent, and the, the issue with this trade is that you would be getting Stanton and his quote-unquote free agent deal, but you'd also have to give up a certain number of prospects to get that. So I don't think while his contract is pretty, is pretty big, it's not abnormally large for what a player of, of his skill would get on the free agent market. Right. Yeah. So how, what do we think the Cubs odds are of getting either one of these guys? I think the Cubs could absolutely be in on Stanton. I don't think that, I I don't think that the names are ever going to work out. Yeah. I don't think that there's any chance there. And, uh, like we said, Otani is a giant question mark for everyone. One in 30, if we're being true, but I, I I think the, go ahead. I think the rooting interest for Cubs fans on Stanton is that he doesn't go to the Cardinals. Fair. I think. Yeah. yeah. Unless, they, unless the Cardinals want to give up a massive package for him, that seems just ridiculous. And then, then I'm all for it. But I don't think, honestly, I don't think there's any package they could give up for him that would be enough 
for me to feel like real good about it. Unless it were something that we're not even considering. Yeah. 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 So how about the rest of these free agents that we can kind of breeze over some of these big names, probably not Cubs related. Um, you Darvish, Eric Hosmer, Mike Moustakis, Lorenzo Cain, JD Martinez, maybe some that are Lance Lynn, Alex Cobb. Uh, where do we think the Cubs go among with these big names that seem to command a lot of money? Well, we've seen rumors the last few weeks that seem to suggest that there's a pretty good developing market for Alex Cobb, which concerns me because I do think he's a good fit for the Cubs. I think with the Cubs having introduced Jim Hickey as their pitching coach, Alex Cobb being effusive with his praise for Hickey based on their time together in Tampa, uh, that they, that it would be a good fit to reunite him with Jim Hickey to bring him here and to make him the number four starter in this Cubs rotation. But like every person on the market, he has to come at the right price. If Alex Cobb's deal is suddenly ballooning to an $100 million deal, that's not somebody who you want. You don't want to sign a guy who is maybe a number four starter for $100 million. Now, I tend to doubt that it's going to get that high. I think the highest it probably gets is somewhere around $70-75 for a guy like Cobb. But it is concerning to see lots of other teams jumping into the market and it's understandable why they would but now you have to outbid those teams you have to try and match because as much as he likes the Cubs and as much as he seems keen on coming to Chicago he's not going to do it for pennies on the dollar yeah I I think that the Cubs and Alex Cobb deal is more than any other being well I guess not more than any other but being held up by the Otani uh, free agency because I think that the the, the Cubs and Cobb have both expressed interest um, in signing a deal, and if they really wanted to go after it, then it would have already been done. So it must be Otani that's holding them up. If the Cubs can get Otani, then they won't need to go after um, Alex Cobb. And that's thinking. Mm-hmm. I, my only worry is that. While they're the cart, the Cubs are holding this up and and waiting on Otani, my I worry that they won't get Otani, and then them waiting for that they'll also lose Alex Cobb in the process. Uh, I think that case I, I think the Cubs do go after, uh, mm-hmm. but I think another another thing is seeing some of these other names. Uh, back into the rotation starters uh, and see how much they go for. You mentioned seeing Alex Cobb's potential uh, value increase on some of the other other deals that are signed. If if Lance Lynn goes and signs, signs a contract with, I say, uh, the Phillies, and he signs a contract pushing $75 million, uh, $90 million, $100 million, I think that will determine what Alex Cobb wants in return for his for his deal. I think that they're – Similar, similar, similar type of pitchers back in the rotation um, have shown in the past potential to be a little bit better than back in the rotation. Uh, I think some of those other starters determine how much Alex Cobb is looking for from the Cubs and from the Yankees or any other team that's chasing him. Right. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's a it's a tough one because I don't think it's holding it up so much as just that the I don't know that the dam has broken open on this one. You know, I just don't know if we're at the point where he's ready to sign yet. Uh, If four or five teams are pursuing him, then it becomes a decision. uh, And it's a difficult one. And a lot of times these kinds of decisions aren't really even made until around the time of the winter meetings. Now that's coming up in a few weeks. So we're almost there. But it usually usually that's around the time we start to hear about these big time signings. Mm-hmm. So I guess that we don't really know what's going to happen there. But I mean, I feel like it's a good fit, yeah. and I feel like uh, I feel like it's likely to happen. See, I'm yeah, and you it's know. one of those I'm not a I'm not a huge proponent of either of these guys. I, I don't 
I think Alex Cobb's okay. Um, I think, you know, the Cubs need to sit firm where their alpha is, you know, let's say 52 million, 48 million, wherever the, it's a, probably a smaller number and they're, they need to sit firm there. And if Cobb really does want to join the Cubs, then he'll take the smaller number. Um, whether or not that actually works into a full deal, especially with the, especially with the whole market, you know, being as it is, I just don't see it. And Lance Lynn, his numbers scare me. He walks a lot of batters. So. Yeah, I, it's, you know, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, you know, and, and the Cubs do still probably need a number five starter too, but that could come from a range of places that could be a trade or that could be, mm-hmm any number of like third or fourth tier pitchers. So that's what what I'm thinking. And I suppose we'll have, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I suppose we'll have to find out and uh, you know, it's, that's sort of a difficult proposition. Um, So what about the bullpen then? So yeah, let's look at, I was going to say, let's look at some Cubs targets. Let's look at some starting pitcher targets some bullpen targets, you know, and almost to keep up the thought of the starting pitchers. And then we'll set, we we can segue it into the bullpen because some of these starters could potentially be bullpen guys. Um, I look down the order and I see, you know, the Cubs could easily sign three, four, five back end starters like Chris Tillman like Chyler Chatwood, like Eulis Chassin, Andrew Kashner, who would be my segue into a bullpen guy. CC Sabathia is another one. They could also sign Michael Pineda, who may not be back next year. Um, but I think any any back-end starter that you see could easily be a Cubs target. And I think that's that could be their plan, is let the Alex Cobb market grow to $80 million, back away, and then attack the Tyler Chatwood market and get him before he signs with anybody else. It's possible. There's no easy answer to that. And like I said, I mentioned the trade market too, which I don't know how much we have left to trade from in terms of our depth to acquire starting pitching, but it has been mentioned too many times this off season by various people, including uh, Theo and Jed themselves to dismiss it as a possibility. Yeah, there, there's also been a lot of talk about the trade market and in, including some of the uh, excess of position players that the Cubs have at the major league level. Uh, the Ian Haps and Javi Baez, Addison Russell, Schwarber, Amora, uh, all that group, and uh, trading them for uh, something of a of a top of the rotation starter, uh, combining a couple of those guys with a couple of minor league prospects for, I mean, I've heard Chris Archer because we always hear about Chris Archer, but uh, I'm I'm more of in the group to stick around, keep everybody around with the with the organization, and 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 Joe Madden is good enough at figuring out his lineups that he can make that excess of of outfield talent work on one roster. Uh, I think that with the back end of the rotation players available uh, in free agency, that the best bet is to go after them instead of a ace with trades through Ian Happ and Kyle Schwarber. So uh, I'm definitely more in the group that the Cubs will stick with the, the back end of the rotation than top of the rotation this offseason. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think they're going to target those second and third tier starting pitchers on the market try to put together a back end of the rotation and build some depth at the back end in that way and allow themselves to go forward with flexibility and uh, you know, both financial and roster flexibility that allows them to do things over the course of this season on into that very important free agent market next off season. So I think that's definitely what we're looking at. Uh, I don't know if any of the relievers are more likely than others. Um, mm-hmm. I do like Mike Miner a lot. I know that there's been 
numerous reports connecting him to the Cubs recently. Addison Reed's come up. Joe Smith has come up. Brian Shaw has come up. And I think all of those guys are options. Jake uh, McGee. Jake McGee, yeah. I think, yeah, I, I tend to think he'll be big time on the Cubs radar because of his, he is a really good strike thrower. His walk and, rates have tended to be very low. And his connection with Jim Hickey from the Rays. Yeah, his connection. Mm-hmm. He was best with Jim Hickey. He always has a tendency to keep his walks low. Uh, and, and his lefty home. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then you got Brandon Morrow. Brandon Morrow has been connected to the Cubs a lot. Um, and that's an interesting one. And a name I'll throw in there just, you know, because, you know, another guy, Juan Nicasio, we've, he's been connected to the Cubs. They tried to pick him up at the, the tender deadline, uh, and they, or at the trade deadline and the Pirates wouldn't, but wouldn't bite. So then they ended up non-tendering him and he ended up back with the Cardinals. Um, so Juan Nicasio's name the Cubs have been interested in before. They could uh, easily go in and try to get him again. I like Pat Neshek, um, to just as in terms of strike throwers, Pat Neshek walked nobody last year. So he fits <laughs> the bill. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a lot of guys. And I would say let's go in and pick our favorite starter, starting pitcher, um, starting pitcher target for the Cubs that is a lower tier, maybe less known. Reason why. Favorite relief pitcher, reason why, Greg, start. Uh, I'll get for the, the back end of the rotation starter. Um, I, I'll, I'll take this is going to come a little off the radar. Uh, but give me Andrew Kashner. Um, I think I, I actually have him signing with the Angels, but I think for a Cubs target, I would have the, the Cubs go after Kashner. I mean, I think that he has kind of fallen off the rails the past few years, obviously, uh, in terms of finding the zone and, and his health. Uh, but for the back in the rotation starter guy competing for a job, You saw with Brett Anderson last year. The health is not always a concern because you're giving them quite a bit less money than what you give anybody else, uh, and you just want him competing for a spot against um, some of these guys that, that are going to get a shot that are already in the system um, uh, that the Cubs have brought up. So give me Andrew Kashner for the back of the end of the rotation and for a, for a bullpen piece. I'm I'm Wade Davis all all the time, but if I if I can't have Wade Davis, uh, I, I guess if I can't have Wade Davis, and Addison Reed, um, I think that he he works either as a starter closer or um, in other ways in the bullpen, and I think his flexibility in the bullpen would be really good. I know he's not a lefty arm, which the Cubs could also go after as a lefty like Jake McGee. Uh, but I think Addison Reed's flexibility in the bullpen uh, would be really good for this team. So give me Andrew Kashner and Addison Reed for the two guys that I can see the Cubs and I want the Cubs to go after. Yeah, so uh, for me, uh, this is a little off the board, but I think it would probably be something that would make sense to a lot of listeners. Uh, for starting pitcher, give me Chris Tillman. He's a guy who he's had some pretty decent years with the Orioles. He collapsed quite a bit this uh, season. He is another guy who I think is talented, who is capable, and who we can reclaim uh, from the Orioles who seem to have a way of ruining every decent starting pitcher they touch. Um, And... You know, I think you get him on a one-year prove-it deal. I think it's a great way to maintain roster flexibility and financial flexibility. Uh, I think it's easy enough to bring in a sixth guy even to compete with him. Your guys who are on the Chassin tier uh, and guys of that nature. And I think it's definitely, he's definitely my guy at starting pitcher is Chris Tillman. Uh, because I love those Orioles reclamation projects. <laughs> Don't we all? Um, and at relief pitcher, my guy is Jake McGee. 
He's been my guy for several years. He's still my guy. He doesn't walk guys. He does. He strikes out a pretty fair percentage. Uh, his best years were in Tampa. We can move him away from pitching a lot at Coors, which helps pretty much anyone. Uh, reunite him with Jim Hickey from their days in Tampa. Uh, get back. He wasn't in bad form this year at all, but we can help get him back into that top form that he used to be in. And if that happens, then what you have is potentially not only a back-end guy, but you have a guy who can close out games for you uh, and who can be very, very effective at it. So for me, it's Tillman and it's McGee. All right. You you mentioned my favorite starter is <laughs> yeah Ulysses. oh man yeah Ulysses, okay Ulysses Chassin is a guy he's twenty nine right and this guy and, and you notice we none of us said Tyler Chatwood I think everybody knows Tyler Chatwood is it you know coming away from cores he's twenty seven you know he throws a ninety five mile an hour fastball as, as a starter those are all very good things he gets a lot of grounders he's obviously he's a good trade target for everybody you're a signing for everybody. There's not a team out there that doesn't fit Tyler Chatwood. For the Cubs, finding a good starter is the key. They need to find value. They're trying to find value in Alex Cobb. Cobb has been a good starter in the past. If they look to Julius Chassin, they can find value in what is a very, very good slider. And it's kind of the Charlie Morton tactic of find a good pitch, up the usage a ton, and, ex- and hope for good results. Charlie Morton had a really, really valuable curveball. The Astros took Charlie Morton, told him, throw the curveball all the time. Lead with the curveball. Pitch off the curveball. And it worked. He was a four-win pitcher last year. He was a World Series hero for the Astros. Yulis Chassin had the second most valuable slider, according to Fangraphs, behind Max Scherzer. Take Yulis Chassin, up the slider usage, Pitch use have him use that with the fastball to change speeds. Uh, he has some effective other pitches as well. Just let this guy have Jim Hickey fit, rotate this guy's pitches perfectly. I think we've got a gem. One other guy I will mention that we didn't talk about. Familiar name Trevor Cahill. He was really good last year to start the year with the Padres, striking out a lot of hitters because he upped the usage of his curveball. Um. And so Cahill would be a fine signing, by the way. I'll take Cahill back too. End, in the, on that back end, <laughs> I like him. I really do. I he him. was he was he was a good member. He pitched a bunch of garbage. I, I can get on board. I can get on board with. Some yeah, bring fun. him in as a guy to compete for a rotation spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and he's he's a guy that, that he could you could just slide him right into the bullpen if he doesn't make the starting rotation. Mm-hmm. Like no problems. So. I like yeah. Trevor Cahill, but that won't be my bullpen guy. I got to talk about Brandon Morrow just a little bit because we barely mentioned him, and he's maybe the top arm on the market that's not named Wade Davis, Greg Holland. Right. Um, yeah. And he had a brilliant year last year. I mean, he was great throwing 99 miles an hour. You know, what? No walking nobody. He dominated the Cubs in the NLCS. I mean, we we saw that firsthand. I'm fine with Brandon Morrow. I, I would honestly just not even pitch him in spring training, barely. I mean, maybe last week because he was, he needs about a month to rest up from the World Series where he pitched mm-hmm. every game. But if you can get last year's results out of Brandon Morrow again, I'm good with that. So Greg, you took mine. Addison Reed was my, is my favorite. Uh, but, but Brandon Morrow is really good. I'm good with Brandon Morrow. Yeah. So. Yeah, give me Ulysses Chassin, Brandon Morrow, and Trevor Cahill. I will be a happy camper uh, with the Cubs rotation in the free agency. All right, so I think we're about done here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to thank, you know, I want to thank you, Greg, for joining us. Thanks, it's been awesome, awesome to have you on. We'd love to have you on again sometime. Uh, David, as always, good talking to you, man. Oh, yeah. I appreciate it, guys. Appreciate you having me on, and I look forward to hopping on sometime sometime soon maybe and uh uh i really appreciate talking to free agents and i know we have this this big uh list on on the spreadsheet and maybe we can get it posted somewhere or something and and see how how uh incorrect we are once people people start signing 
I will yeah. score it. I will score it. I'll oh. put green and red. I'll give us a little leeway. We'll see if I, we can get some, some teams right or some deals right. And, um, it'll be cool. I'll post it somewhere once it's finished and it'll show how much red there is. <laughs> All right. So everyone, thanks again for listening. Uh, it's been a blast. This is Sing Those Cubby Blues. Catch us on Twitter at Sing Cubby Blues. I'm at DG Bloomberg. He's at DWS Nine Cubs, and Greg is at Out of the Vines on Twitter. You can find us all there. You can engage with us. Uh, David and Greg regularly write for Wrigley Report, so make sure to check out their work there. Uh, we'll be seeing you soon. We'll be back with another episode as soon as we can. So thanks again for listening. Signing off. Uh, have a great rest of the week and have a great Cubs off season. Bye. Thank you, fellas. Bye. Bye. Sing Those Cubby Blues is co-hosted by David Bloomberg and David Westgreen. Produced and edited by David Bloomberg, with logo provided by Randall J. Sanders, who can be found at Randall J. Sanders on Twitter. To find more information about the podcast, go to at Sing Cubby Blues on Twitter or visit one of us at DG Bloomberg or at dwest 9 cubs on Twitter, where you can engage with us and talk about us and maybe even give us ideas for future episodes. Once again, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll return for the next episode, which we hope to have up soon. Keep following the Cubs, keep cheering them on, and you'll be hearing from us again in the future. Thanks.